0: Corinthians, chapter, chapter 13. It's an amazing book. Last week, he died on a cross, rose from the grave. Actually, two weeks ago, he died on a cross, rose from the grave last Sunday. We're a, we're, 2,000 years ago, we would have been a week from that. And uh, they're probably still in awe thinking all the stuff that's going on. 1 Corinthians 13. Read a couple verses here. And first Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians 13:1. it says, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can move, remove mountains and have no charity, I am nothing. Uh, and though I besow all my goods to feed the poor, and, and though I give my body to to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth nothing. Charity suffereth long, it is kind, charity envieth not, charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seek not her own, is, e- is not easily provoked, thinks, thinks no evil, Rejoiceth. my tongue is all messed up, Rejoiceth, 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 rejoiceth. Uh, Not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in in truth. Bearing all things, believing all things, hoping in all things, enduring all things. Charity never faileth. Father, again, thank you for your blessings. Bless this morning service, Lord. Teach us more about charity, Lord. We need that more than anything in these last and, and dark hours. And we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. You may be seated. Charity, Paul, Paul is sitting here. and. And I want to lead up to this just a little bit. In, in the first 13 chapters, uh, Paul is doing some stuff here. He comes to a carnal church. By the way, this is the most carnal church in your Bible. Uh, wrong, charity or uh, Corinthians has got some definite issues. And chapter 1, uh, verse 1, Paul, uh, is an intro in a, to the believers and your position in grace. And and we do have a position in grace. I, I was saved by grace through faith, that not of myself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So I didn't have to do anything to get saved. All I had to do was ask him to save my soul. That was it. Uh, I've had people say, well, that's a work. That's not a work. That's a realization. I, I believed I was lost. He said he made a way. I said, hey, that's what I want. I took it. And then, and then if you go over to uh, verse 9, there in chapter, uh, actually 10, uh, the contrast of the unspiritual state of the Corinthian saints with their exalted standing in Christ. Now this is, this is what Schofield wrote in his Bible, and he broke it up into visions. But the the Corinthians were a very carnal, carnal church. And Paul is trying to get to them. The first 12, uh, 11 chapters uh, deal with correction. I mean, he is uh, they, are, they have made some things, they've done some things wrong. Uh, they, they don't believe, chapter 2 starts out, they are reminded that the Christian revelation owes nothing to human wisdom. Uh, what happens to a lot of us is we'll think that, that we owe something to this world, and once you get saved, you're called out from this world. You're not part of this world anymore. You owe nothing to this world. Chapter 5, he starts out uh, immorality. Uh, there's a young man that, that is having relations with his, with his father's wife, adultery, fornication. Uh, lasciviousness, lewdness, stealing, lying, cheating. Sin is dealt with. And what, what uh, Paul is teaching them is immorality is rebuked, and, and discipline is, is enjoined. Discipline is going to come. The church needs to be able to discipline itself. Then you start getting into chapter 6 and, and he's talking about uh, brother going with brother to the law and you shouldn't do that. That should be the last resort. Uh, there are some things in today's society, there are some things that we do or that people do, that you're, it's just out of your hands. And if it gets to that particular point, it's got to go, and you've got to bring the law into it. But usually, you, matters, small matters, we should be able to handle within the church, unless it gets to something outside the church. And there's there's some things. Perversion needs to go. It's gone. It's, it's toast. Uh, that needs to be, I mean, nipped in the bud as fast as it can. That is a... a, a I can't break the laws of the state and the world uh, just because we're in a church. That's illegal. That means I'm going against what God told me not to go against. But there's, but to just take somebody, you hit my car in the parking lot, let's talk about it, okay? Maybe we can fix that a little bit different than me calling half the world in to get, get everybody mad at each other. We don't need to get mad at each other. Saints are forbid, forbidden in chapter 6. Chapter 7 uh, uh, marriage is established and it's important I'm telling you what brother the flesh in this world today is just driving everybody crazy I went into I remember an old preacher who say, well it's summertime be prepared uh, and it's true guys girls anymore man you don't know what you're going to see when you go into Walmart you go anywhere uh, I mean it's like going to the beach you can't hardly go nowhere so you got to keep your eyes up and bumping into everything and, but, but you know you still got to live in this world that's what you got to do but marriage is still honorable and the Lord's blessed the thing and that's the way it should be he talks about that in verse chapter 7 he goes on with the marriage uh, in verse 8 it talks about serving other gods and meats and the limitations of the Christian liberty you you don't have just because you're under grace don't mean you have all kinds of liberty that you can do whatever you want I got liberty I got perfect liberty I can do whatever I want that don't mean what I'm gonna do is profitable and sometimes you got to stop and say Lord is that true is that true yes it's true what I do matters from now on. Uh, so Paul, Paul vindicates his apostleship in, in chapter 9 and 10. Israel is in the wilderness uh, as, and uses that as a warning, as an example that God will sometime, he'll slam you down, get done with it. I'm finished. Uh, verse 11, he says, be ye followers of me, even as I also am a Christ. So he, he gives himself as an example. And in chapter 12, what he does is he starts now trying to to console them and to build them up and to lift them up and to tell them some good things about them. The spiritual gifts and people take them spiritual gifts like tongues. I got to speak in tongues. That is the craziest thing in the whole wide world. Uh, do, I, do I believe in tongues? Yeah. I, I've hit my hand before and said things I should have never said probably uh, and never understood what I said. I'm just running around the room. Ah! Uh, I, heard, I heard one guy say that uh, two young girls uh, could speak in some kind of a language that nobody knew. The mom said, I don't even know what they're saying. But one little girl would go, and the other girl would go get it. Have you ever seen that? There was a cartoon a long, long time ago, uh, Go, Go, Gophers. I mean, there's some, there are some cartoons out there that are unbelievable. Now, these old cartoons. But there were two little Indian gophers, man, and one gopher would go, and the other one would go, him and he would interpret for him. <laughs> you never knew what the kid, the, guy, the little gopher, was saying, man, but it was funny. I mean, it always worked out in their favor for somehow, and the, the U.S. Cavalry always lost. But he's sitting there, tongues, tongues, if if there's not an interpreter, I've been in places where we had interpreters, and you can't even trust your interpreter. And then you get to uh, 7.13, and this is one of the strangest chapters in your Bible. Really, I mean, it's a chapter where there's really no rebuke, Uh, it's instruction, Is all it is, it's just instruction. And it's, it's a chapter to tell you something about yourself, that's all it's there for Paul is trying to warn us and tell us some things. Uh, our society is so result-driven that if you don't have a result in, in what you're doing after a couple minutes or a couple days, uh, we tend to quit and go off and do something totally different uh, because we're looking for a result. And, and a Christian walk is a lifetime thing. It's not something that is in a few minutes, but he gives you a couple things here that, that'll give you an idea of what, what your life is all about. Uh, chapter 1 through 11, Paul is correcting some things. He says, Corinthians... You're foolish. You're foolish. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And then in, in chapter 12 to 16, Paul is giving constructive teaching. He's trying to teach you about what the Christian life is about, what is getting ready to happen. Chapter 15 is the resurrection, and he goes off through the, the rapture happening. People say, well, I don't believe in the rapture. Well, you don't read your Bible. Uh, I don't see how you could miss the thing. Uh, it's all over the place. There's different things all through their Bible that you should read, but... Paul, Paul is sitting here warning, him. he gives them instruction, teaching, trying to ground the Corinthians in what they, they say they believe. Sometimes we say we believe something, but until you're really tried, you don't know if you believe what you just said you believe. But boy, I tell you what, when the thumb is down on top of you, you'll, you'll start changing. Paul has nothing to gain. I'm just going to go through some things to get to where I want to be. Paul has nothing to gain carnally. What's wrong with our Christian movement today is everybody's trying to gain something from the church. I'm not here to gain nothing from you. Amen. Now, y'all do pay me to do this, but really you pay me to do maintenance right. more than anything else. Uh, and I, you know how I know that? Because some of y'all will come and say, hey, this is broke. Like, like okay, fix it. No, this is broke. My beloved Mike over here, I've noticed my wife did the same thing. You walk into the office, there's a wet, wet spot on the ground. Several months ago, I replaced the water heater, which didn't need to be replaced, by the way. It did need to be replaced. It's only 30 years old. It needed to go anyways. It's getting ready to go. But it, I thought simply the water's on the carpet. and So Beth goes, You know, there's water in the floor and in the carpet. I'm like, Then Mike goes, Oh, you know, there's water on the carpet out there. I can see when I go in the bathroom. <laughs> so y'all pay me to do maintenance, but you do pay. But I'm not here to gain anything from you guys. The whole purpose of what I'm doing is not to get what you have. And what Paul did here was not to get what the church had. He did not want What he was trying to do is give the church something. He's only trying to impart something to the Corinthians to help them to get to a different place. Sometimes it's perceived as, as we're mean and cruel and inhuman, and we're really not. It's just what the Bible says. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I still think homosexual is uh, homosexuality is wrong. Homosexuality uh, is wrong. I think adultery is wrong. I think, I think stealing is wrong. I think a lot of stuff is wrong. It's called sin uh it, it, we all sin could be a whole lot of stuff under the umbrella of sin anything could get all roads lead to sin it does just about you can't hardly breathe paul has no special interest he has no second interest by the way you know what's wrong with most people today is we have other interests other than just the bible when paul got saved I think when Paul, before he was saved, had no special interest. He may want to be the greatest Pharisee that ever lived, and I think he probably was one. Uh, if he studied at the feet of Gamaliel, then he was close enough to Gamaliel that Gamaliel took interest in him and, and gave him what he needed. But Paul had no, no second interest. Philippians 3.13 says, Brethren, I count not myself to apprehend it, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. All Paul cared about was Jesus Christ. You can tell that by his life. You read the 14 books he wrote, you can tell, definitely the 13, you can tell all he cared about was getting the gospel out to people and getting beat up for some reason. He is motivated by the love of God. Let me ask you a question today. What motivates you? What actually motivates you? You know that we're an example and your motivation really matters. Paul realizes that... uh, He will will never be treated any better than Jesus Christ was treated. So many times we look at other people and they say things to us and they tend to hurt us. And we seem shocked at that or like we don't believe that actually happened. But that's exactly what should happen. Uh, I read my Bible a long time ago. I I realized that Paul was, was by himself with Luke at the very end of his ministry by himself. And glory, and, and there, every now and then you'll find somebody that is, is lifted up, and somebody that stand out in front of a crowd. And uh, but in the end of the thing, you'll find that those people usually are alone. Doctor Ruttman was always alone. Uh, he had special friends, but uh, most of the times he was alone. For somebody that knew as much as he did about the Bible is just amazing. Second Corinthians, you say, Paul, Paul, <laughs> Paul. We know this by the, and, oh yeah, it's interesting. And and we know that that Paul realized that he will never be treated any better. Than, than they were treated, that they went that they treated Jesus Christ our Lord. And we know that by this right here, watch this, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty two And they, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they, this is before, this is before he went to Jerusalem. This is before he got beat up in there trying to, to reconcile himself to the, the Jewish laws and shave his head and, and, and do all the other stuff. This is before that. Uh, he says, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors more abundant, in stripes above measures. Most of us, if we ever got beat, we'd quit. We'd quit doing what we're doing. We would quit serving Jesus Christ. Your motive will be tested sometimes about what you... God knew Paul was going to write 14 New Testament books. The Lord knew that this Bible that you're holding in your hand today was going to be written, and 14 of those books were going to be written by this man. Do you not think that this man is going to be tried? This man is to have to go through some things in life to see if he's going to stick with it. He's going to be given some stuff. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. Hang on. Don't go away. Acts chapter 9. Great chapter where Paul gets into the thing. How would you like somebody to say this at the beginning of your ministry? You say, well, I don't have no ministry. Oh, and everybody says, I want to be in the ministry. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that's a great thing to say. When it comes right down to doing everything you're supposed to do, will you do it? Paul Paul gets it in uh, Ananias, verse 10, and Ananias says, Lord, yeah, verse uh, 16, Acts Acts 9, 16, actually 15 says, but the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Boy, that's a call, man. You're going to get beat up, Paul. You're going to get whipped. I ain't going to tell you all the stuff that's going to happen to you because you're liable to quit. But, Paul, all the stuff you've been doing to them Christians, you've been hauling into to the, the Pharisees, it's going to be worse than that. <laughs> Paul, Paul goes to this. He says, labor's more abundant. and stripes above measure. He couldn't even count them. And back then when they whipped you, you got whipped. It wasn't one of these little spankings. You know, today, today everybody says they're abused. You looked at me the wrong way. I was abused (laughs) man you don't even know what abuse is my dad abused me and he said he never abused me that I didn't know what abuse was that his dad abused him worse than he did I was abused and my dad abused me (laughs) I just hate to see what his dad went but back then men were men and they could take it ladies were ladies because they usually gave it Man, everybody's afraid of my grandma, man. I mean, they just tear you up, man, for some reason. I don't know where they learned how to do that. Ladies are supposed to be sweet and gentle. They're stripes above measures. In prisons, more frequent. In deaths, oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes. That's 200 stripes, save one, minus five. Beat. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Now, I don't know if you've ever been beat with a rod, but a rod hurts. Kids get moms go out and get them little, uh, them uh, things that you glue glue sticks, man. Yeah, they stink. These things hurt. I mean, these things will kill you. They're, by the time they get done with you, you're dead. And Paul says, uh, thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Let me ask you, what would make you quit? You read these chapters in here and you see the love that that Paul just oozes out of him for Christians. What would make you quit? Why? Why did not this... Drive him to hate telling anybody about you. I like Jeremiah. He said I, I, he said, I shut up, man. I can't say no more. And then he said, that it, it just burned to me. I had to. I couldn't shut up. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. That would be a scary thing. A night and a day would have been in the deep. In journeying's oft, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, perils of my own countrymen, in perils of heathen, in perils of the city, Perils in the wilderness, imperils of the sea, and perils among false brethren. You know, everybody just because they say they're Christian, they're 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 not for you. So many times you'll find people that I had somebody tell me, he said, I ain't coming to your church. I'm like, why? He goes, You got people in there I don't like. I said, I got people in there I don't like too. (laughs) I said, There's people in there that don't like me. I said, There's people in there don't like each other. I said, that's no reason not to come to church. I said, that is the reason. You're amongst people. I said, you just are coward is what you are, man. I said, you go to bars, and there's people in there that don't like you. Well, yeah, it's different. It ain't no different. You're just a liar. I'll tell them the same thing I'm telling you right to their face. Believe me, I do. In, in, uh, in weariness and painfulness and watchings off and hunger and thirst and fastings off and cold and nakedness, we, they tell us to wear a mask, and we're all ready to quit. How are you going to do that? Man. A famine, nakedness, perilous sword. What would make you quit? An old preacher said, the love of Jesus. You know what the love of Jesus will do for you? I heard a real old preacher say this. He said, the love of Jesus will soften every trial. You know, sometimes you go through things in life and it just, it gets overwhelming. And, and a life trial, a life, a life of serving Jesus Christ isn't always going to be on top and isn't always going to be on the bottom. But it's going to be trials and tribulations and joys and mountaintops and valleys and everything else. And as you go through them things, what you do is you start learning that Jesus Christ loves you and that he's walking with you all the way through there to teach you some things. But it softens every trial. I mean, every trial I've ever been through, it, it got softer and softer and softer and softer. Still hurt. Uh, I can today uh, when something happens, man, I just sit there and kind of grip my teeth and bear it and say, okay, uh, I probably deserved that or I didn't deserve that or no, I did deserve it. Uh, I don't know who deserved it, but somehow I ended up with it <laughs> and I said, well, let's just go on and do it, man, and get it done and get it over with and it's finished. That's like his diet. Uh, it's an amazing thing because they said 20 weeks, I'm into it five, my, Tuesday morning would be five weeks, five weeks. I got 15 more weeks to White Castle, but, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to eat one too, <laughs> Uh, but I'm telling you, man, you, you sit there and look at it, it's, it's like, it's, here's a period of time, but if you take the structure out of that thing, I get lost in here, and I never can accomplish what I'm doing. I said, I'm not on a diet till I get down to two, in the 50s. I'm at 258 right now, so my diet started the other day when I went under 260. Now I'm struggling. I'm going to get down below 250, and when I hit under 250 in the 40s, I'm on a, I'm a success, man. But you know what? I'm not going to quit until I get to the 220. Why? Because that's the time frame I got to do it in, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to do it in half that, but I, that's what I'm going to do. It's, it's, you got the thing set out. You know what I got? I got heaven out there in front of me, and I don't know when that day's coming. I have no idea, but until it does, I'm not going to quit. You know why? Because my brother Paul didn't. He stayed in there. He says he lightens every care. You know, the cares of this world will drive you crazy. There is so much craziness going on right now. If all you do, I try to stay away from it all. I don't, I don't want, I just, brethren, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, man, I was kind of happy the other day when the Ukrainians sunk that Russian ship. Uh, I don't, I would have liked it if we'd have done it, but we didn't. That's just the flesh. That's just the flesh out there. But those people are actually, there's people over there in war right now, but there's people all over this world in war all the time. And, and they're in nightmare after nightmare after nightmare after nightmare. And if you sit there and worry about that all day long, it'll drive you crazy because you can't do nothing about it. That's what communications does. Everybody says, oh, communications is great. I don't know if it is or it isn't. I don't think it is. Because it makes you do stuff when you should be doing other stuff. You know what you need to do? You need to get up in the morning, you need to work, take care of your family, and then go to bed at night and not worry about nothing else. That'll keep you out of a lot of trouble. And the Lord will work that thing out. He said, It'll light never care. I got somebody that I can stop at any time I want and say, Lord, I can't do this anymore. And he says, Yeah, you can. I'm like, Lord, I can. He goes, Yeah, you can. I Said, Lord, I cannot. He says, Yes, you can. Then I'll come home and Beth goes, You want to eat that pudding? I said, No, I don't want to eat that pudding. She goes, Can I eat it? <laughs> she does, man. She cheats on this thing more than I, I can't. I said, Lord, I can't believe this girl's like that. I said, I've always had her up on a pedestal. Boy, I come home and she's just chowing down. But she only has a few pounds to lose, and I have a few more than her, so this is funny. The closest, the closest I can come, we're talking about charity here. Well, let me finish this. Light never care. Until you go through some trials, until the cares of this world crush down on you, you can't really understand love. Love is a strange thing to understand. I was talking to someone the other day, and uh, they got off onto a subject. I'll get into that in just a second here. But they they said, I don't understand that kind of love. Then love, unquestioning, will follow. This is what that old preacher said. He said, once you go through some trials and you go through it with Jesus, not just go through trials, but go through it with Jesus, and then once you go through some cares of this world being dumped on you that you can actually handle through with Jesus, you know what the first thing is love will start coming through. And then, then you'll start looking at him like he is he's a lot more to me than anything else on this planet, and he can get me through. Love will triumph. You will come through the thing. See, as men, we don't like to talk about love. It's like, that's not masculine. Love, love is not masculine. Oh, yes, it is too. Love will dare. You know what will make Paul do what he does? Because he loves Jesus. He met somebody on the Damascus road that he had never met before. He had heard about him. A lot of people hear about Jesus, but they never meet him. A lot of people know of him and what people have said about him, but they never met him. What Paul did was he got knocked down on the road to Damascus and met him. Let me ask you a question today, have you ever met Jesus? Because if you have never met Jesus, you don't know what you're missing. Number one, you're missing eternal life. But, But you know, some people have trusted Jesus. I believe they're saved, but they never really met him. Jesus will change you. He'll change you. Love will triumph, love will dare. When I read that list, what Paul went through, you know what got him through all that stuff was Jesus Christ. I've had people say, well, they think Paul was trying to kill himself. I don't think he's trying to kill himself. I think he was just getting through cares of this world and and tribulation and getting back up to serve Jesus Christ. I couldn't imagine him getting stoned out there and and everybody's looking at him like he's dead. He's looked dead. He's all crumpled up all over the place. Got them big rocks all around him, blood gushing out everywhere, and all of a sudden he twitches, like this a couple times. And he gets up and goes right back in the city, where they just stoned him. Why would he do that? Because he loved Jesus more than he loved him. He had no second thoughts about anything. He had no second, I'm going to do this, if this don't work, I'm going to do that. And it wasn't none of that stuff. It is, you know what he did? He met Jesus. The closest I can come, now I was talking about charity, I'm going to get back to that here in just a second, over in chapter 13. The closest I can come to a de- definition that I can understand is true love works both ways. If, if Beth gives me something, I give her something, that's love between us. And, but, but charity is, is a one-way thing. Charity is when you do something for somebody else or for the Lord with, with nothing desired back. You have a purpose for what you want to give because you want to give. That kind of love, take your Bibles, let's go to John 3.16 real quick. No, let's read that verse. You need to read it. That kind of, that kind of love is, is only, you can only get that from God. You, you cannot get that any other way. 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you have everlasting life today, you have it because of what Jesus Christ did. Take your Bibles, go over to Romans 5.8. Romans 5.8. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. When you were a sinner and you didn't even know him, you may have heard of him, but you didn't know him. When you were a sinner and you were lost, God commanded his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood. The blood he shed at Calvary is what got you in. That's what paid the cross. That's what paid the price. We shall be saved from wrath through him. You know what that, Paul, the, the, the God put his son down here. God manifested in the flesh, came in the flesh, lived and died whether you got saved or you didn't. But it was charity. It was a charitable thing. He gave that with nothing, looking for nothing back in return. What could you possibly give? What could I possibly give the Lord for what he did for me? There's nothing I could do. Now back to, go back to 1 Corinthians 13. Charity. Charity. Verse three, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. You know, there's people out there who say, well, I do this and I do that and I do this and I do that. Uh, Most people who do that are looking for a uh, tax write-off or they're looking for something uh, personal that they're going to gain back where people will know. Sometimes the best thing you can ever do is just do it with nobody knowing it. And though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, I profit you nothing. charity suffereth long, and he did. You know how long the Lord had to suffer with a lot of us before we got saved? He suffered with our foolishness over and over again. He suffered with our wickedness. You know how much he suffers with us after we're saved? He suffers long, so I should. If he did it, I should do the same thing. I should mimic my life. You know what's wrong with us is we think that we're different. We're special. We're not special. There's not a person on this, but he's special. He always was special. And he made a way and he suffered long. Charity suffered long. You know what he, Paul's got a list of things right here that if you apply them to your life and you start looking, say, Lord, how do I care about other people? Or am I so selfish that all I do is care about me? When I don't get what I want, I cry like a baby. Guys do that too, by the way. (laughs) Men do that all over the place. Ladies do it, guys do it. Charity suffered long. Charity, and it's kind. Are you kind? It doesn't hurt to be kind. That's something you got to learn. Character will help develop all this stuff. Charity envieth not. Do you are you always looking at somebody else? They get this. They get this. They got that. They get this. They get this. You just messed up. Charity. Env- if that's not charity, if you're envying somebody else, you're missing it. Charity is the key thing you want. Love is great, but charity's better. Charity's like that next level out there somewhere. That the only place you get it. charity vaunteth not itself. That's boasting. You'll hear me, in oh, I was in the Navy, I can do this. That is boasting. But I'll, I'll try to always end that thing up. with. I, it still amazed me. I have a lawnmower at the house. I got running the other day and cut the backyard. And it still amazed me that I could look at the wiring and everything else in this thing and tear the engine apart and put it all back together and get the pieces back in the, and order the stuff and get it in, and it ran. And, and the switch, that ignition switch was bad. I couldn't just stop at the ignition switch knowing it was bad. I had to tear it apart and find out what was bad inside, not that I was going to fix it. So I tore the thing apart and I get down and look, oh yeah, there's the problem right there. I was like, God, I still can't believe I got a mind that I can see that. That's amazing, man. You know, I'm still thinking, I'm like, you taught me everything I know. I know nothing without what you've taught me. I can sit there and go through stuff. I'm looking at this stuff and I'm like, this isn't me. This isn't me. This is you. I know where this thing came from. That's not boasting, man. That's glory. I mean, that's his glory. You know, he gives every single one of us a gift to do stuff. And sometimes we'll look at it in life and we'll get bitter in our soul because it's not quite what we think it should be. Brethren, it is. Charity, charity vaunteth not itself. is not puffed up. Man, I tell you what, there, there's some people that need their heads like pop. I like, I'm, we buy those balloons we got four grandkids down. they, they, You put one of those little air balloons that you get for Kroger's for a buck or whatever it is. And they just love those things, man. And they they make all this noise, rattle, 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 rattle. And they're just trying to pop the thing. That's that's like a lot of our heads sometimes. I think we need to pop. Uh, They don't need to look at you. They need to look at Jesus. You know what we really need to be looking at is Jesus. Paul's going right down here. What he's trying to do is he's trying to get us to say, hey, do you want the love of Christ in your life? Do you want Beyond all other stuff, do you want the love of Christ in your life? Does not behave itself unseemly. That's improper behavior. Is what you're doing right or wrong? Now, brother, I know we're all flesh. All flesh is grass. I got that. We mess up. But do you realize you're messing up? Do you realize that? Do you know when you mess up? Do you have enough in you to know? It's not easily provoked. Man, that's a rough one for me. You start messing with this book, and I just want to get mad. Somebody doesn't want to do right; I just want to get mad, which is probably wrong. Yeah, it probably is. It's some things I need to work on. It's not easily provoked. You get mad real easy. It's, it's rough. That's rough. That's rough. Getting their attention and being mad is two different things. Some people they just get mad. They get upset. They get they lose their temper. They their temper gains control. of I them, and at that moment, you just lost it. That's not, that's not charity. Think it no evil. Man, I tell you what, over the last 10, 15 years, I've watched people come up and here recently, I've seen it again where they bring up, I, I see it all the time, but they'll bring up papers. Look right here, you did this, you did this. I got all these records. If you got records on somebody, who are you anyways? Are you my judge? No, you're not my judge. My judge is Jesus Christ. It never was you, never will be you. Your judge isn't me. Your judge is Jesus Christ. And when you start doing that, I better watch what I say. (laughs) What you do is you're taking God's place. And you're just asking God to bring that thing down on your head. I don't look nothing up. I don't care about nothing. I don't want to know anything about your background unless uh, if you come and tell me, then I got to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. Why? Because it's none of my business. Your business isn't mine. And my business isn't yours. Why do you have to know what other people are doing? That's what this stinking filthy little thing right here does. It allows you to sit there and go, "Oh, look at this! Oh, look at that! Oh, did you see so and so?" I don't care about the Kardashians. I know their dad is a faggot. Oh, pardon language. He's he's a something else. He has an alternative lifestyle. And look at the kids. Brother, this stuff, this stuff will destroy your family. It'll destroy you, number one. It'll destroy you. That's not charity, by the way. That puts you so far from God, it's pathetic. Rejoice is not in... You like sin? I hate sin. I hated my life, number one. I hate it. I hate it. I just hate sin. Rejoice is not in iniquity. I'm almost getting there. But rejoice is in the truth. You love that book? I love this book, man. This thing is just the greatest thing in the whole wide world. I sit there and read it at the house. I go through three different portions of the Bible every day when I read, as I read. And it just amazes me how it's the same all the way through. And I'm like, Lord, how in the world could we, first of all, thank you for the, everybody that, thank you for the women in life that let their men go out and do this kind of stuff. First of all, thank you for men who can do that. I could never do that. I could never write books. I mean, you see some of these people write five, six, seven, eight, 100 books or whatever in their lifetime. I could never do that. I I just, I can't even write a letter. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, thank you for that. I wouldn't have that if it wasn't for those men and women out there doing all the stuff they did down through and suffering. I said, I haven't had to suffer anything for that thing right there. I love this thing. People say, I love this. I love that. No, no, I love my Bible, man. That's what I love right there. Because I know that this thing right here can straighten me out. There's nothing on this planet that can straighten me out. Beth can't straighten me out. My kids can't straighten me out. Nobody can straighten me out. This book can straighten me out. The government can't straighten me out. They can just throw me in jail. That doesn't straighten me out. You look at our jails—they're full. This book will change your life. Rejoiceth not in iniquity. You know there's people out there who just are just their pleasure in sin. They love their sin. But rejoice in the truth. Beareth all things. You bear, bear things with your brothers and sisters in Christ. When somebody tells you something, are you the first to tell everybody else, or is it you bear it? Hopeth all things. Endureth all things. Charity never faileth. Take your Bibles, go to Luke 7, and I'll be done. There's a lady here. Everybody always tries to say this is Mary Magdalene. I don't think it's Mary Magdalene. It actually doesn't tell you who it is. She has an alabaster box, too. But she, she does something that is so amazing to me that uh, if you want to see what charity is, th- this is it right here. Charity 7. Or Charity 7. <laughs> it's a new book in the Bible. We've got 67 now. Chapter 7. Chapter seven, verse thirty-seven. Just a couple of verses. Look at this lady's life. Uh, go back to thirty-six. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would uh, would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down at meat. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat, everybody tries to say this is Mary of Bethany. It's not. It doesn't even say it's uh, Mary Magdalene. It says, and behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus uh, sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. Apparently, everybody had alabaster boxes, and everybody had ointment in their boxes. That's the thing women did. That's how they made their money, kept their money, and stood at his feet behind him. So she was behind him, bowing down on the ground, and behind him, and and Jesus is out in front of her. She wouldn't even get in front of him. Uh, that's, That's how bad it was, and she... Uh, and and behold, the woman in the, uh, the which was verse thirty-eight and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash, uh, and, and weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them uh, with the hairs of his or her head, and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisees, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake with himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known. Who and what manner of woman this is, and he did, by the way, that toucheth him. Jesus don't mind a sinner touching him. You know what he wants to do is help the sinner. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Simon, I have some want to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. He thought, Oh, I'm gonna get this great thing. And the Lord had done read Simon's mind. You know, a lot of us we need we need him to read our minds. If he read your mind and he came up and said, Mike, I have somewhat to say to thee, what would you say? What would I say? There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, and and one of them owed 500 pence and the other owed 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. Here's this lady walks in. She's a sinner. She could have been a prostitute. I don't know. I don't know what she was. She was a sinner, exceedingly great sinner, just like all the rest of us are. And she, uh, she knew that Jesus was in the house, and she took a chance, and she, t- she didn't ask him for anything. What she did is she went in, got down at his feet, and started crying. And this woman got something that day that most people in their lives never get. What he did is he touched her soul. You know what charity is? Charity will touch your soul. And when it does, it'll come back out in the same way it went in. And you can then use it. We never get to the place because we let so much stuff in this world get in our way. Number one, we don't get saved to start with. We need to get saved. Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Repentance is a part of it. You got to get saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. If you don't get saved, you're lost and on your way to a devil's hell. That's nothing. There's nothing to do with that. That's God. That's what. That has nothing to do with me. I'm just a messenger. Don't shoot me. But I'm telling you, salvation is the start of that thing. If you're not saved in here today and you're on your way to hell, the day would be a great day. We got a, a brother back here going to get baptized here in a few minutes. And, and that man got saved a long time ago. You know, he wouldn't get baptized for a while. I kept pushing him. He said, I nah, nah, got to understand it. Got to understand it. I asked him one day, he said, I'm ready. I got it. You know what he did? He said, I don't want to go get wet and just get wet and just get wet and just get wet. I want to actually understand why I'm getting wet. Amen. Why am I getting baptized? I don't want, I want to make sure number one, I'm saved. Baptism without salvation is useless. You don't need baptism after you're saved. But I tell you what, if you ever want to walk like Jesus, you will. Verse 47. 47, and I'm just about done. Give me just a second. Man, what a book. Wherefore I say unto thee, Jesus talking, wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven her. For she loved much. (laughs) She took an alabaster box just like the other Mary did. Both of them were full of ointment, just like the other Mary did. Both of them were priceless, just like the other Mary had. This lady came in as a sinner, not a friend, as a sinner. And she broke that alabaster box. But first, she cried on his feet. She was broken because of her sin. And she was before the God that she knew that that's the only one that could do anything for her. And that's the one she sinned against. And she knew that he and she was sitting there crying and weeping. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you ever cried and you knew you were sinning against Jesus and you're the fault? When was when did you ever do that? Have you ever done it? Brethren, our churches today, we're missing something. We're missing, we're missing the glory and the pleasure of being in his presence, is what we're missing. We won't let go of this world out here that's got us. And I'm telling you, it's crazy, man. Wherefore, I say unto unto thee, her sins, man, Jesus. That lady did not even know this was going to happen. She was just crying at his feet. She done washed his feet with her hair. Some of us wouldn't even do it with a rag. He goes, but her sins, which are many. You know, we, we all have a lot of sin. Everybody does all have sin to come short of the glory of God teaching through Romans now, and we're just now getting into that. But we're all sinners. Everybody, Jews are sinners, Greeks are sinners, Gentiles, we're all sinners. But there's a Savior out there, which is Jesus. He goes, Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loveth much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. You know why a lot of us don't do it? Because we're forgiven very little. Second, third generation Christians, it's hardest on them. Because they, they come up in church. we raised in church. Uh, you, I, I come from a background that I wasn't in church. I wasn't in a Catholic church. I wasn't in church. I didn't have, have what you guys have. I didn't have this. I didn't have church camps, and I didn't have all that stuff. Man, I, I just had a road of hard knocks That's all I had. That's, how, that's the way I come up. Uh, once you come up into the thing, you gotta, somewhere you've got to sit down and realize, am I where I should be with Jesus Christ? You don't have to be like this lady to get that, by the way. He says, but whether there be prophecies, back in 13, he says, whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and prophesy in part, verse 9, but when that which is perfect is come, that which, man, I can't wait till the day he comes. One of these days he's coming and all the stuff that he puts in front of me that I'm trying constantly to get out of my life and to be the better Christian that I can be, the testimony that I should be before him. I, I go down that list up there and say, Lord, this is me. I, I don't have what I should have in life. There's, I should be more charitable. I should be more charitable. I should be more charitable. And it's not what I can get out of it. It's, I want to be like Paul. I want to be what I can give. What can I give, Lord? What can I do? You know, he just may ask. In Sunday school class, we're going, and Eliezer is getting Rebecca, and Rebecca is sitting there, and she's doing everything, just working. She doesn't know Eliezer is coming, and he pops up. And, and Rebecca has been doing everything she's supposed to be doing her whole life. And one day, the Lord pops up and says, Rebecca, will you go? And she says, I'm gone. As soon as that door opened up, she, you know what? She was, being, she was preparing herself her whole life, just doing what she was supposed to be doing. After she got past that one day, the Lord said, here it is. Don't be in a hurry to run out there and do something for God. Wait till God comes and gets you. It's a much sweeter ride. If you're in here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, you know what the first thing you ought to do is get saved. He died for you. Charity is a great thing, but I I had a a lady tell me this the other day. She was trying to tell me Mary Magdalene and Mary of Bethany was the same, and that this lady, was. I said, this lady isn't either any, she's not either one of them. She could be Mary Magdalene, could be, but there's no way you can tie the two together. It just says a woman. I said, but you know what? I said, this lady got down on her knees and was crying. And that woman sat on the phone. She said, I have never known that kind of love. She hated Mary Magdalene up to this point. After that, she goes, I have never known that. I said, that's the problem. I said, you know what's wrong with most of us is we've never known that kind of love. We never came to the Savior. I came to him like that on a backboard in Louisville, Kentucky, 1980s. I had, I, had, I had nothing else, nothing else, nothing else. I was 22 years old. I was at the end, and I didn't know what to do, and I'm like, this thing is, and I, I had everything. I had all the money. I had all the cars. I had everything I wanted. I had a house. I had everything. But inside I knew I was missing something and it just wasn't there. And I found that little book and started reading that thing and I'm telling you, it changed my life. And I will never go back. I'll never go back. I don't want to go back. I want to go forward. Amen. If you're in here today and you've never met him, today would be a great day. You know, for the rest of us, I'm telling you what, man, you ought to say, Lord, you need to look at that list down here in 13. That's a chapter of love. Paul, Paul is just telling you, That God loves you, the Lord Jesus Christ loves you, the Holy Spirit loves you, and you need to love like they do. Do you love like he does? Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for the baptisms getting ready to occur in a couple minutes. Lord, I just pray that uh, you'd help us examine ourselves this morning. Lord, this is a great chapter. Paul led all the way up to it and, and through Corinthians, and Lord, he's trying to get the Corinthians to move fast past where they're at to this spot right here. Lord, where what they do, they do for you with not seeking anything in return. Lord, charity is a, is a precious thing, Lord. It's a hard thing to be understood. I just pray that you'd help us to understand it, Lord, and, and uh, then implement it in our lives and, and start using it. Father, again, thank you for all you've done. If there's anyone here lost, I just pray they'd grab somebody around them and ask them, say, could you show me how to be saved today? Lord, just about anybody in the room could do it. Again, Lord, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for all you've done, and we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. Bless the invitation, and we'll praise you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. While these are praying, let's go ahead and stand.